0: Weird Realities explores the paranormal, preternatural, and supernatural worlds that surround us. Here we delve into those topics that challenge us to think outside the limitations of realism, where we test the boundaries of imagination and are forced to think outside the confines and restrictions of what is normal. We are the creators, the writers, the artists, and the insane. Welcome to our Weird Realities.
1: Monday everybody this is Hadley and I'm here with my favorites Morgana and Mr. Rich Restucci, and we are going to talk weird talk with Rich. Hello. Hi. So tell us all about yourself.
2: Me? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Start born at the in...
1: beginning. It was a cold dark night. At the night.
2: beginning <laughs> yeah well they met at a party. My father was in the <laughs> army. No, uh, born and bred in Massachusetts. Um Grew up here. lived all over the world. Um, that's it. That's me in a nutshell, really. I write stuff sometimes.
1: Okay, there's so much more to you, <laughs> and I, I have I have questions. But you know, you know me. I've got a lot of questions. Yeah, well, I was so, saving
2: the whole backstory for your questions, so. Okay, okay,
1: okay. All right. So I know that like you've been to Russia. Yeah. And that you actually got to go to Chernobyl. Uh,
2: yeah. Well, Pripyat, but yeah.
1: So tell us all about that.
2: Um. So. When I went, I don't remember the year that I went, but it was, um, I was, I lived in Norway in 96, 96, 97. And uh, when I was leaving Norway, I I just hooked up with a few, with a group of people and we went and we did a few things. And one of the things we went to was Pripyat. And Pripyat is actually the city that used to sort of all the workers from the Chernobyl um, power plant were there. Hi, Landa. They lived there, and they had a hospital, and they had uh, a big park, and the place was really done over well. Uh, and when you when you actually you get on the bus, you you gotta you gotta pay this. Uh, hey, Alan. Odd, hey, Mark. Hi, guys. You gotta pay this odd Russian man, and he puts you on this this old yellow school bus and he drives you up and your buses busting like this old, old broken road. And you get there and it is just deathly, absolutely quiet. There's nothing going on. No birds, no bugs, nothing. And this is before you're even into the, you know, the confines of what used to be the city. And uh, I don't, I don't even think you can do it anymore. I think they stopped doing that because the Russian government stepped in and said, no, we don't want anybody seeing all this crap, but you can't get anywhere near the actual where the fire was. You can't get anywhere near the reactor. I mean there's there's big fences and stuff, but we didn't even get near the fences. You, you couldn't get it cuz there's guards there as well. Uh, but in the city, you, you walk down the, this main drag of the city and you're just looking left and right and all these buildings that there's no glass left. All the glass is gone in the buildings, but they look almost new. There wasn't any growth like you think you'd see, you know, growth on the outside of the buildings, plants and stuff until you get inside. And when you get inside, everything's just destroyed. Like they had one, the hospital has all these beds, but it's nothing but springs. Uh, there was like, a, there was an old park there and the park had uh, a Ferris wheel and the Ferris wheel, the, the bottom of it is overgrown and you can tell rust on the top and stuff like that. But other than that, like the cars and stuff, they're all shiny and new. It, it was weird because a lot of it looked like it had been there for 300 years. And a lot of it looked like it was built yesterday. So it was really odd. And I saw one living creature other than the group of us that that while we were there, and it was like this giant rat dog thing. I don't know what it was, but it was it was fast and it just ran past us. And it was I don't know, it was a rat or something. It was it was like the size of a very large cat.
1: So mutant.
2: I, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it was just a big rat, to tell you the truth. I, I worked in Boston for a little while and I saw rats like they they would have beat the shit out of Godzilla. So <laughs> This thing was it was big, and I'm not going. Hi, chassis. I'm not saying it was a mutant or anything. I think it was just a rat. But that was my point. Was that was the only living thing that I saw? No birds, no bugs, nothing. It was just it was really creepy, and the silence is what you you actually can hear the silence. You get in there, and you're like, this is weird. Uh, And I never went anywhere alone. They wouldn't let us go alone. We all we had to go to group to different places. We went in like five buildings. There was a there was an old dairy, and and that was. Actually, it wasn't old. It was a dairy that had been built in, I think, the 80s, early 80s. And we went in there, and that was pretty weird. And there was a way to go, you can go in the dairy, and you can go down underneath, but it was all blocked off. It was bored, and they couldn't go down there. So I would imagine it was a safety thing, but who knows? You know, creepy, weird shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the school was probably the weirdest thing because there was still stuff on the blackboard in Russian. Um it was several blackboards and it was still there. And like all the chairs were just perfect. They were, it looked like they had gotten up from school and just never came back. And that's exactly what happened. And like I said, we were in the hospital for maybe, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes. I was only there for like maybe three or four hours, but it was, uh it was creepy and it was weird.
1: Did you have a Geiger counter the whole time?
2: No, there wasn't anything like that. I, I would imagine that. Well, I mean, I'm not dead, at least not yet. So I would imagine that, All the radioactive stuff was significantly further in. And I know that they had – I didn't see it, but the guy said that they had uh, an APC, an armored personnel carrier, that was blocking the road further down. But we never got that far. He only went to a certain distance into the city, like right right in the main square, and he said, we can't go any further than this. So we went into – Maybe five buildings, four or five buildings. The hospital, the school, the dairy was really creepy. I'm trying to think if we went in anything. I know we we did, dude. It's me. Come on. But anyway, that was that was Pripyat, and it was uh it was cool and creepy and weird. And I I would love to do it again and see how it looks now compared to before, but. Uh, I don't think you can go anymore. I don't even think you can grease a palm and, and get in there.
0: You know, we, uh, we, we covered that a couple of months ago. And I remember doing the research and that Ferris wheel thing you were talking about, Yeah, that just looks strange, you know, yeah. it, it, because my understanding was they actually did the, uh, the, the, you know, the, people actually got in and did the rides and everything after the original problem started. You know, they still let people.
2: Well, the government or the government's going to disclaim this, but someone said that, Oh yeah, it's not a big deal. You guys, they started to leave and then they said, everybody, you, you can come back. Everybody mm-hmm. can come back. And then they realized that, you know, it was bad and people just fled and nobody mm-hmm. ever came back. And right. from, we did we weren't allowed to go in any of the houses, but I don't know that they had, like houses per se, because they were big, huge uh, apartment complexes. They were enormous. Uh, and I think, I don't know if there were any houses, to tell you the truth, that we saw. We saw those, but we weren't allowed to go up in the apartment buildings. And I I would imagine it was unsafe to do so. Not for radiation, but just, you know, the structures were falling apart. Right. And I really didn't want to get killed in Pripyat and get left there with two broken legs while they drove away. <laughs> so I got to stay with these guys. But it was it, was, it was fun. It was cool. Mm-hmm
1: in a spooky weird way
2: yeah exactly i'm I, i'm all for spooky as long as it's not ghosts ghosts can kiss my ass with <laughs> I, was, ghosts. Never I was gonna going to say
1: that man. i've i've heard i want to say like it was like josh gates maybe when destination truth went there that they were seeing heat signatures of people um
2: no i didn't see any of that
1: well you didn't have your infrared <laughs> you didn't go at night but, no but yeah no, that was um, another
2: thing we had to be we had to be Outside the city limits before sundown. That was another. Oh, wow. I, that was a rule. that was on the little brochure. So.
1: That's. I don't odd. have
2: anymore. I wonder where that is. I don't. So know.
1: why haven't you written a, a story about this, or have you? Um, not so much
2: about Pripyat, but um. So it's been done. There's been um, there, there was a movie made. Uh, I saw the movie. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was called it. Chernobyl. Actually, it, it wasn't was. very I good. It. Um, that's the one at the end where they throw her in the room with the critters. Yeah. yeah she escapes it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't like it that much. They'd walk by so, the
1: water and it would ripple. Yeah. So, <laughs> like I mean, that. Eh,
2: it was okay. That's just, I mean, I could, I suppose, but I just, I'm pursuing other avenues right now. I'm trying to branch out from zombies but still stay in horror. And um, I, I've written well, a couple other mean- things recently.
1: I was gonna say I can't think of anything more frightening than the being at Chernobyl after dark. No uh, sound, no life, no nothing. Yeah, I can pressure. see how that
2: would be pretty spooky. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the uh, what the military does while they're there. I would imagine they all go and there's like fifty or sixty of them all hanging out, and the fifty or sixty is probably like five or six, and they just jump back in the APC and they just do this all night, you know. Right. I don't know. It's not for me. I guess after a few nights of being there, it's no big deal like anything else. But uh, I'm a bit of a sissy when it comes to that kind of thing. So, nah, I'm not, I'm not going there. Like, all, you see all these, these things on Facebook. Which one would you stay in? The haunted apartment? The haunted... This thing. I'm like, none of them. I'm not going there. <laughs> Screw that. No.
1: That sounds like you have um some preservation common sense to me. Yeah.
0: Come on now. I was Maybe. the one who said, yes, I would clean the cemetery at night for $80 an hour. <laughs> sure, uh,
2: why not? <laughs> I'd do it if there were 30 other people with me,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, all it's all about the information they're not providing you yeah. with. Um, that's No, true. That,
2: that would not be for me. <laughs> what else you got?
1: Let's see. Well, so Norway, What? What? Um, why were you in Norway?
2: So... I work for a company that does chemical research. And what we were doing was I went over there to set up a saponification laboratory in order to extract fish liver samples, so that we could tell what kind of uh, wastewater and oil was in it from the oil rigs that were in the North Sea. And I lived there for 18 months, maybe 18 months. A little longer than a year I was there and then I went and I got to play in Europe for 2 months. So I was I was just before I was turning 26 while I was there so I was able to get my Interrail pass before I turned 26. And what an Interrail pass is uh, you can use the Interrail to get on any train in Europe except for the country you buy it in and I think it was it was like 250 bucks at the time and that was it no more travel you had to pay for no travel at all unless you got on a bus or which a lot of the buses were free anyway or a um like a high-speed bullet train i took one of those in germany and i had to pay for that but other than that everything was free so norway was i lived in a place called Trondheim, and it's it's on the west coast uh i guess it's the only coast really i have a south coast but it's uh west coast and it's uh like norway and it was, we got the Gulf Stream. So it wasn't like you, you think Norway and you think, oh, it's freezing cold. But it was just, I live in Massachusetts and it was kind of the same. It wasn't that much colder. But what is cool about Norway is I was there during uh, Set which is the 17th of May. And the uh, sun never really goes down. Uh, it, it gets like dusky, but it never, it's, 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 it's kind of like this room right now. It's easy to see. And we would be sitting out there and look at the, look at your watch at the bar. And it's three in the morning. You're like, oh man, I gotta go to bed. So it was <laughs> that was fun. It was one of the best times in my life. I made a lot of good friends while I was there. And most of it was paid for by my company. I got all the rent I could eat. Uh, all the rent for for free. All of the uh, most of the food was free. Uh, and I weasled a little of, of you know of the beer in there. And Norway has some expensive goddamn beer. Let me tell you. <laughs> It was ridiculous. I think it was, at the time, it was second only to Russia in, in cost. I don't know if it's that way now, but it, at the time, like I say, it was, I think it was 96, 97. I'd have to do the math. That's a lot of math right now, so I'm not doing that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> don't worry about the math.
2: Yeah, but well, that Norway was fascinating.
1: great. Would you go yeah, back? Yeah, it was.
2: Oh, yeah, I would live there in a second. Absolutely. It was, it was fantastic. Well,
1: it, isn't Norway one of the countries that, like, <clears throat> if you're an American, you can just go live? You don't have to?
2: I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I know that if you live there, if you can prove that your address is there, then you can go to school for free. You can go to college for free. Um, And nobody pays for uh, medical care. The state takes care of it. Uh, Well, when I say nobody pays, I mean, I I was paying taxes to Norway while I lived there, and the tax rate is exorbitant. But I mean, everything's really taken care of. Um, and I don't. I don't know the answer to your question, Hadley. I don't know if you can just go there. I know that for. I didn't need any type of visa when I went there. So, but I was also under. I was working for a company called StatOil through my company, and that's that at the time was the second biggest company in Norway. So I would imagine any strings that they wanted to pull, they could.
1: Yeah. So. Well, there's one um, country that is like norway i'm not sure which one it is it's it's one of the the the, i call them the viking um, countries that they have like a deal with america but it's extremely expensive to live there but if you can afford to live there you don't have to go through the immigration process to move
2: i I don't know if that's the case Uh, i wouldn't doubt it i mean finland denmark denmark and sweden are the other portions of the nordic countries um I, I just don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. And that kind of bugs me, actually. That's something I should know.
1: We'll know it by tomorrow.
2: Yeah. Oh, believe me, as <laughs> soon as I'm done here. I was going to Google it right now, but I didn't want to take my eyes off the camera. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's cool though i like that because i'm jealous i would love to do that i would love just to go and i've Uh, got a friend that's um from iceland the the lady from iceland who writes iceland books that we talk to sometimes she was telling me that um if i was a student i could go over to iceland as a student on a student visa Mm -hmm. and live for like a year and it would be super cheap but to go live in iceland as a person it's super expensive yeah
2: Mm -hmm. all all of those countries you know the Nordic countries and Iceland are very expensive to live in. Great I place would, though.
0: I was, was going to say it. Iceland is considered the happiest country in the world.
1: If it wasn't for not being able to take Boo Bradley, I would move. If I, <laughs> if I could, I would move to Iceland.
2: Yeah. Iceland's beautiful. Yeah. No trains. There's no trains on Iceland.
1: There's no trains. There's no unhappy people. Yeah. They have a smart government. Yeah. They don't have free range feral Animals, <laughs> they might have some chickens, they got the elves, so it's just all about the cool stuff. But the no, elves? but yeah. she, um, she wrote a book and I can't think of her name, her name's Lisa, but I think she writes under a pen name. But Lisa Norris is her name, and Lisa wrote a book about like the haunted Iceland. and She said, Would any of your friends be interested in going on a tour where we went away from the cities and we went along the places where all the, the you know the haunted folklore stories are. And I said, girl, my friends will be down with that.
2: <laughs> yeah, so about that, whenever there's like a big group of people that go out into like the spooky place, the big guy dies first. No. So <laughs> no. yeah, doesn't matter what kind of anything anybody knows, forget it. The big guy's dead first. So I'm out. No so sharks. <laughs> yeah. No, sharks is different. I'll go play with sharks all day. I'm not screwing with the supernatural. Snow sharks. Yes,
1: Richard. <laughs> he need some sage. <laughs> he needs to burn some sage in his house. Yeah, okay. you make
2: if you make me a, like a sage coat that I can mm-hmm. just burn the whole time that like, maybe
1: <laughs> just <Yeah>. be smoking.
0: <laughs> it was funny after she asked you if anybody would be interested in that, and you said absolutely. I watched this movie about some like Odin esque supernatural guy that was like channeling lightning and killing yeah, I people i saw
2: that too I saw what that. Was that called i
0: can't that remember it was actually
2: surprisingly better than i thought it was going to be it uh, was and the guys uh, like from
1: canada i thought
2: yeah i can't remember what it was called i just saw it too a few months ago
0: yeah and I it's, read it like last been too year long. but uh but it yeah called. it was it was crazy because i'm like you know what are the odds Goodness. that i've watched this just a couple of days <laughs> after the invite <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> Oh, I'd still crazy. go, though, because the, the ghosts don't bother me.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not really crazy about ghosts. Nothing else really bothers me too much. Pripyat was fun. Uh, I've been diving with sharks. Uh, but What I kind wouldn't... of
1: sharks did you dive with, Rich?
2: <clears throat> so we weren't supposed to be diving with sharks. <laughs> Excuse me. I was on a dive on the Ningaloo Reef, not the Great Barrier Reef in western australia and i I had more experience than most of the people on the boat so i was down there we were enjoying ourselves we were down i don't know maybe 20 meters maybe 60 feet uh lots of great reef stuff and all of a sudden the bell on the bottom of the boat starts going off uh and there was like a a group of a little small group of tiger sharks i don't think you call them a school because they don't really school um and they showed up and the bell was like get out of the water type of thing but we were 60 feet down so we needed to take care of ourselves first and, and i was like I, I really don't want to get out of the water but that wasn't my call so we we had to go and when it was safe to come up we we went up and we had to get out so that was my swimming with sharks but that was a great that was probably my best dive and we uh we went back the next day and did it again and it, it was it was great
1: so it wasn't so like a great white shark it was a school of baby tiger sharks.
2: They were not babies. They were I think the largest one was 16 feet. Wow. So it, so you didn't little. water. Uh yeah, so we need yeah. I mean there was other stuff down there like potato cod it's a it's a fish. It was the size of a Volkswagen, that type of thing. A Volkswagen beetle. I'd be more saw, afraid of that. I saw there were dozens of those. I saw a bull ray. It was a giant stingray. It was probably eight feet across. I wow. didn't even know they could get that big. he was just enormous. And he was down under a rock and he was just like doing this, just sitting there, just just floating like that. I looked at him and he looked at me and we were like we're good, and and that was enough. I saw a, a bunch of. <laughs> he was saying, "Look heels. at that
1: big guy."
2: <laughs> yeah, well, big a, was much bigger than water. I was. Much bigger than I was.
0: Tastes like chicken. You, didn't you know, it come after I you. just recently saw a sturgeon for the first time. Those are some creepy ass fish.
2: A long skinny guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's uh. That I think that some kid just caught the largest one. He was like uh, 400 pounds or 300 pounds or something.
0: Yeah. That thing was crazy, but yeah. I'm like, I would die of a heart attack if that came up on me in the water. I don't
1: not big on the deep water. I love oh, the deep bother, water, so but much. that. I mean, yeah, yeah. But have you, you've probably never been to the Gulf of Mexico, like around Louisiana, Mississippi. Have you
2: me? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I have.
1: So, you know, you can't see in the water.
2: Yeah, it's the same as up here.
1: Is it? I thought you yeah. could see through the water there. No,
2: it's dark as hell up here. It's muggy and crappy and no. No, I was not on that boat. <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, that's 12 miles from me, less, eight miles from me. It wow. happened right down the road. And I guess there's tons of the whales coming in real, real. Oh, you too, buddy. Take it easy. Bye, Alan. Bye. There's tons of whales right inside Plymouth Harbor and that's not, they don't usually come in that close. Usually when you go on a whale watch, you're, you're out a tail wagon and that's, I don't know, 15 miles out, eight, no, nine miles. I can't remember how far out it is, but it's uh, it's, it's, it's a good ways. Uh, and when you go out there on a whale watch, you see tons of whales, but they're never, they're never in Plymouth Harbor like that. That's so- just weird.
1: If Morgana and I come to Maine or Massachusetts, you're going to take us whale watching, right?
2: A whale watch—you can't miss it. Got to go on a whale watch. Okay.
1: I've—I've—I've
2: I've, I've been on maybe six of them over the course of my life in Massachusetts, and I've never, ever—not once, ever—not seen a dozen whales while we were on there.
1: I have awesome. never been, fantastic. and it's on my bucket list. It's—it's mm-hmm. oh,
2: yeah. it's one of the best things. They are, and they play with the boats. The—the the boats <laughs> are allowed to go up. Maybe a hundred meters. I can't remember how close, two hundred meters away from them. But they'll if the whale comes to the boat, that's it. They'll shut it down and, and uh the whale will play with the boat, splash water at it, like jump up and come down. Uh, they won't they'll breach, but usually they breach further away. That's that's what Mark was just talking about. There was a breach down in um a breach is when the whale comes up and just goes splash. And there was one and he came up and he landed on a fishing boat. This happened the day before yesterday, I think, Saturday maybe. So, I think it's all yeah. the footage. Yeah, I, I put it on my page. where I saw it. Yeah, it's spooky. It's Because well, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do. The boats that you go on the whale watch are enormous. They're these these old ferry boats, they're whale watching boats. So the, the whale, I mean, if it really wanted to, it could probably damage that boat. Don't piss it off. But this, it must have been an accident. The whale was probably playing with the boat. Or the whale was like, you know, screw you, get out of my water. And he was like, boom, because the boat's done. There's, there's, the boat's wrecked
1: I read Moby Dick Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: call me
0: Ishmael
1: <laughs> well so those are big whales what about like killer whales do you have those have you been out on a boat and watched them
2: I have I've not seen an orca down here I've never seen one in the wild uh, I've, I saw one at SeaWorld does that count but no I, I've never seen one around here I've heard that they can be around here, but uh, I've never seen one. I've seen humpback whales, Mickey whales. Uh, I was on, a, on a, a working boat, and somebody said they saw a blue whale, but I've never seen one. So I've seen some good stuff. There's North Atlantic right whales up here. They're big. But the humpbacks are just – once you see one, and that's – when you go out to the uh, – on the whale watch, that's what you're going to see at hump, humpbacks. Uh, when the whale goes down and its tail flips up like that before it goes in the water – Get a photograph of the tail because they're like fingerprints, and you can look it up online and get a name for the whale. Oh, oh cool. wow. They have them all. They have them all uh, tagged, labeled, named. So <laughs> <laughs> he's not with the orcas.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so see, it's like you know, your your life is half of my bucket list. I know. <laughs> I, know.
2: <laughs> I have been very fortunate that I I joined the company I'm with now in in December of 1989. So I'm coming up on 33 years, I think. And I had, I was fortunate enough that when I first started there, we had this, it was a government project, uh, it was called Project Muscle Watch. And what I did as a 21 year old kid was I drove from Northern Maine all the way down the coast of Galveston, Texas all the way around Florida and up or I literally either picked mussels off of a rock or we went out in a boat and dredged for mussels and oysters and that was my job for 2 years that's what I did I just did that thing we went back by plane twice three times maybe and the rest of it was just that and it was fantastic absolutely fantastic because it was you know 8 hours of work a day and then 8 hours of drinking and it was fantastic
1: so you must have started this right right out of college
2: uh, I went to college to be a pilot. It had nothing to do with chemistry.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you know how to fly?
2: Yes. <gasps> well, okay. Let me, re- let me rephrase. I can fly a single-engine land, a multi-engine land, a single-engine sea. I can fly a non-turboprop rotorcraft. Um, but I haven't flown anything in all...
1: That's I, not I, the actually, point. The point is that when the zombie apocalypse happens, you just made it to the top of my list. Be yeah, amazing. but where are we going to go?
2: first of all you have to have a vehicle that's fueled and second of all you have to be able to land so stay on the ground unless you know it's there's a place to go don't bother it's you're not going to save yourself i mean you can go do that but if you can't land you're dead you're going to die in the plane
0: okay well if we're ever in a you know if we're if we're in a plane in the in the uh. The pilot dies, and they say, Can anybody fly a plane? We need we to can hug
1: out, so <laughs> or if yeah. we got a lifeline, and we can call someone. We can call you. Uh, no, I can land uh, <laughs> land.
0: is thought well, you were
1: gonna say you can fly. No,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. so, so about that, I can't fly a jet, I've never flown a jet. Uh, you get in there, the the basic controls are the same, but that's where it ends. It's, it was, it would be like one of you guys trying to fly a, a you know, a CESTA. It's basic controls are the same, but you just can't do it. So I would definitely need somebody to, I would go in there and try. Sure. But I'd probably kill us all. I well, need somebody to walk us down.
0: When, sure. when my son joined the uh, air force, he was a, uh, a plane pilot. And uh, the one he worked on was uh, the Hurricane Hunters. Well, when he was talking about going into that, my husband's like, son, he goes, you've never been mechanical, why that? He goes, well, I mean, dad, I mean, what's the difference? An engine's an engine, you know, you've got this and this, and you know, a propeller's the same as a fan. Three months later, he said, OK, son, I'm going to ask you that question again. So is it just like a motor? You know, I might have maybe misspoke about that.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, internal combustion engine is the same, but there's a lot more. There's a lot more difference
0: mm-hmm. between an
2: aircraft engine and a and a car engine than you think. Right. Very, very
0: different.
1: Yes. OK, so my next question is what I ask all of the crop duster pilots that I've met. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've seen when you've been flying?
2: Weirdest thing I've seen? Uh, well, I flew backwards over Cape Cod. And that was fun. We just rode the wind, and we literally flew all the way backwards across Cape oh, Cod, wow. just on the camber of the wings. The weirdest thing? So I was, I was teaching flight school in Colorado, and we pulled up to taxi. And one of the things that you do to screw with the new people is, literally everyone no matter how much how much ground class they've taken taken every single person that gets in the plane for the first time they're over here on pilot in command every one of them tries to steer on the ground with the steering wheel and it doesn't do anything and we all laugh at them we're all like, yeah oh, that's funny because you got to it with the pedals <laughs> uh, and i was laughing at this kid and, and a big cloud came in and flipped the plane right on us right over boom snapped the wing off boom so, that's about the weirdest thing I've seen. Really. I didn't see <laughs> wow. anything crazy. Yeah, it was considered a, a crash. We hadn't <laughs> left. And I've been <laughs> in, I've been in a plane crash. You know, I don't want that again. Uh, but yeah, we never left the ground and it was considered a crash. We had they had FAA inspectors came out there and but all the other planes got blown away too. It was just we just caught the wind right and the plane went like this and it just flipped up, snapped the starboard side wing. Uh,
1: well, if you yeah. have to be in a plane crash, I would prefer it be that one yeah me too <laughs> yeah thank you
2: I, I i like me a little more than being dead so <laughs> yeah
1: yeah
0: that does that, that that would definitely be an interesting take on it yeah,
2: okay
1: just... so why are you afraid of ghosts there's got to uh, be a story there
2: yeah there is but i don't want to get into that now that's okay. that's something we'll have to talk about another time
1: over beer yeah person. well
2: that's just everybody's going to call bullshit and i don't want to hear it so We'll, You're we'll talking talk to people who time. aren't going to call bullshit. No, no, I know you guys. Will. It is what it is. That's is. That'll have to be another interview.
1: Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So, Morgana, what questions do you have for Rich?
0: So, you know, I mean, you've done so much. Do you have a bucket list?
2: Um, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody's got things they want to do. Uh, I've never been to South Africa. I wanted to go to South Africa because there's some beautiful stuff down there. But at the time, if if you had a a South African stamp in your passport, there was a lot of places you couldn't go when I was try when I was doing my traveling. Um, I, I'd very much like to, I'd like to go back to Rome. Rome was beautiful. Greece was just phenomenal. I hit all the islands of Greece while I was over there too, and that I'd like to do that again. But things that I haven't done, um. I just, I don't, I don't know. I was fortunate enough to, to go on a submarine, uh, so that's out.
1: Uh, well, tell so. us about that.
2: Well, I, I worked with guys that worked for Hui, the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute, and I was, I, I didn't go in the Alvin, but I went in another submarine, I, and I didn't go down like you know seven thousand feet. I was only down, I don't know, maybe a hundred feet. And then I went when I was working in Maine. I was doing core samples in Maine. The guy that actually ran that it was a jack lift boat where they what they do is they it's a flat almost like a raft think of it that way made out of metal and they drop these uh, huge pylons down and it lifts the boat up so that you can just you can drop a grab sampler which is basically a big a big claw it goes like that and it grabs dirt or sediment from the bottom and that guy actually had made his own submarine uh, and he, you have to have the Navy come in and they x-ray all the welds and all that stuff. And it, it was like 12, 15 years old. And he took me down. Couldn't see anything because it was just it was and It was pitch black. But it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think a bucket list. Uh, what do I want to do? I've, I've never been to the Dakotas. I would very much like to see Mount Rushmore. <laughs>
1: my my uncle um my uncle charles is native american and mm-hmm. he brought back some photos he he just gets in the car and drives now yeah. but he went to crazy horse mountain and he he says that it makes rushmore look tiny so if yeah. you go you want to go to the crazy horse mountain
2: yeah I, yeah that sounds good too but, uh, just trying to think well i a little an odd one i would very very much like to do some long distance shooting, like a mile. I've never shot anything that far. I mean to guns in case you didn't know. But uh, no, no,
1: uh, not, <laughs> no, not you.
2: I'd very much like to do some like real long distance shooting, maybe maybe a thousand meters, 3000 3, feet, something like that a mile, 5,000 feet. I'd like to, I don't know if I'd actually hit anything. I'm, I'm decent, but I'm uh-huh. not, I'm no sniper, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I know that's a whole, that's a whole nother set of rules when you, when you're firing a, a, a huge caliber gun that, that far.
0: I um, had a girl tell me, look, it, it was, I, and I know she misspoke, but then she argued, so it just didn't go anywhere fast. She was talking about her and her boyfriend going to the shooting range, and she says, "Oh, I can shoot a thousand yards and hit dead on with an AR." And uh, I'm like, uh Do you mean a thousand feet? No, no. So yards. And I'm e- like,
2: even, <laughs> even a thousand feet is. Yeah,
0: no. <laughs>
2: that's that's tough. Yes. So a grand is um, a thousand yards. A grand uh-huh. is they have this, there's people out there that can really do that. They'll shoot oh, yeah. like silver dollars and stuff like that. Yes. But this is the
0: second time this girl had ever shot a gun.
2: I, I am skeptical <laughs> Orga, of her skills, but the possibility exists. Yes. Uh, but you also don't really find a lot of ranges for AR 15s at a thousand yards.
0: Right. And that was I mean, my I guess. Because. I guess
2: you can. You know what? You probably can. You probably right. can. There's nothing like that around here because if you travel a thousand yards in Massachusetts, you're in somebody's bedroom.
0: Right. So <laughs>
2: you don't get that around here. You know. Yeah. We have. Yes. I think there's one that's. I think it's two hundred yards. Mm-hmm. That's right down the street from me. But right. uh, I never actually fired on on that on their long range. I've only used their pistol stuff.
0: Yeah, I've got a friend that uh, does um, the. Um... Uh, what is it? The extended permit enhanced enhanced permit. And she's got a a spot set up. uh, She's got like 15 acres. So she's got a nice nice. range set up and everything. So
2: yeah, I kill for that. I kill to be able to walk out in my backyard and just pop Mm -hmm. off a few rounds. That's yeah. so Massachusetts is pretty awful for gun lovers Mm -hmm. uh, to the point where, and you can look this up. If you have an expended piece of brass in your vehicle, and your or in your hand and you don't have a license it's a felony. Oh wow. So I I don't know if they'd ever press charges on that but the fact is they likely could cuz it's Tony. considered Hi Tony. Hey, Tony. It's considered ammunition parts. It's right. just, the whole thing is stupid. Yeah. We got the the woman that's our uh, attorney general her name is Maura Healy, and she just made a law. She just like, yeah, no more copycats and she didn't go through any and he, she just made it. She's like, "Yeah, we're gonna make a law," and they made the law. And then that was about copycat fire copycat firearms for mm-hmm. AR-15. So the hammer dropped at that point, and you, you basically it was impossible to get an AR-15 anymore for less than like three or four thousand dollars. That's they cost like twenty-eight to four thousand dollars here now, and mm-hmm. they're like five hundred bucks everywhere else in the country. Right. So it's just I don't know. I've like, mm-hmm. got a big problem with the firearms laws in Massachusetts and how stupid they are magazines. Uh, if you have anything larger than a 10-round magazine that was made after September 9th, September 6th, uh, 1993, it's a felony. Day before, it's totally fine. Absolutely fine. It's grandfathered in. What they're trying to do is eliminate those high-capacity magazines. But the thing is, none of them are stamped until I don't know, 99, 2000. So right. I can have 10 of them, and, and you can't prove it. Right. There's no way to prove it. All, all my magazines are legal. I bought them, you know, they're pre-banned stuff, or I got them later than the ban, but they were pre-banned mags. So, because the last thing I want to do is lose my firearms license over a friggin' magazine. That's the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, if you don't adhere to the law, then they can pull your license, and you have to get rid of your guns, and that's the mm-hmm. last thing I want. So, I, yeah. I follow the law, even though the law is stupid. It's a stupid law.
0: Yeah.
2: And there's quite know. a few of them.
0: yeah, I, I knew
2: we were going to talk about guns. Go figure it <laughs>
0: Because it's about you. Yeah, <laughs> It's all about getting to know you. That's right. That's exactly right. But, uh, you know, I mean, we... Okay, you know... I won't even go into laws or whatever, but, um, you know, here, it's open carry. Yeah. You know, and... Um, That's beautiful. <laughs> it is, and it's not... If I knew that that other person wasn't batshit crazy, that's walking around, you know. So you're,
2: you're you're much likely to be defended by someone with an open carry than shot at by someone. That's mm-hmm. that's the way I look at it. Right. So for all of the murders that happen in the United States, and there's going to be a thousand people who will will discredit this, but for all of the murders, you've got ten thousand people that are armed that don't hurt someone. I mean, look mm-hmm. at what just happened with this guy that shot that guy from 120 feet away. I mean, that's insane what he what he did. I mean, the kid was ridiculously trained in order to get to get eight hits out of 10 on, on somebody that was 120 yards away with a pistol through with adrenaline firing because this guy's shooting. Oh, my God, the, the guy's a hero. And unfortunately for that kid, uh, he's going to get dragged through the mud on one side of things. The other side's going to call him a hero, just like every other person that kills someone that's a bad guy. Um, but unfortunately for him, regardless of, of which wing he's looking at, he has to understand that he killed someone. So he, he knows that. So I don't think he's happy about having to shoot that man. But at the same time, at the end of the day, he did a good thing. He saved lives. So uh, I, I am a gun proponent I, and mm-hmm. I, and I can have arguments with people who aren't gun proponents. And at the end of the day. I'm not going to convince them, and they're not going to convince me. So the argument, the argument is pointless.
1: Well, it's not going to happen here because. No, no
2: I, I know that. I'm not talking about you guys. I, I have arguments with people. I, like no, I said, I'm, I'm, I letting, I'm letting the
1: listeners know. We don't, argue guns and weird. <laughs> That's it. <right>. That's, <laughs> so yeah.
0: I,
2: I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, you know, there's there's enough of that elsewhere. We're on yeah, here.
2: No, no, I know. Well, again, I live in Massachusetts <laughs> and can't swing a dead cat without hitting somebody that hates guns.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, yep. Yeah. But um but no, like I said, you know, without didn't want to put you on the spot about the whole bucket list. I figured you had the strong list, Rich.
2: No. <laughs> um no, I don't really. Well, I mean, every you, you guys know that I recently suffered a personal tragedy and I yes. had plans. I had plans to go places with my wife that mm-hmm. was, you know, cut short. So,
0: yeah,
2: I had those plans like we wanted to I wanted a, she had gone to Norway with me for one of my friends getting married for it was jeez, it's been a while now. My friend Osman got married uh, and I wanted to go back there because I. I love Norway. Norway is fantastic. And she loved it too. We had a great time. We stopped off at Amsterdam for a little while. And then we went over to Norway. uh, And then we came back via Iceland. So it it was just, it was great. Yeah. So I used to fly KLM Uh because they put me on a 747 and it was great. You know, half the time there's nobody on the plane. But then I started using Iceland air for these little puddle jumpers. And we'd go over land in and we'd be there for anywhere from one hour to like overnight. And it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. You get off the plane, you walk out and there's this giant friggin buffet sitting right in front of you that and there's nobody eating it. and I'm like this is me, I'm the belly man. And so I went over there and I just I ate everything I could. Not the best of plans if you're getting on a plane in 12 hours, but you know, <laughs> she was like, what are you doing? What are you? Doing? And she, she tried some of it and she ate it and it was it was great. A lot of Icelandic food, which was good. Cool. But yeah, Iceland, Iceland's beautiful as well. Yeah. I wanted to go, like I said, I want to go to Norway. We wanted to go back to Rome. She had never been to Rome or Greece, Mm -hmm. any, any of those places over there. Yeah. I guess that could be a bucket list.
0: Yeah, it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a friend of mine. His wife is uh, an airline stewardess Mm -hmm. and has been for 30 years. So he's like, she won't travel with us. He uh, said, "You know, because she's been, you know, she's always on a plane. So yeah, he and his does. right. So he and his daughters use her miles. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it's like every time I see him, okay, where'd you go this time? Oh, we just got back from Australia. We just got back from here or there. And I'm like, I hate you. I just yeah. absolutely hate you. <laughs> so, but he says they have never been on a vacation as a family that involves uh, a plane ride." and yeah, that's, that's kind nice of sad thing. yeah
2: that's that's a nice thing to be able to do with your yes. family
0: yeah.
2: um i've never been to bora bora i want to go mm-hmm. to bora bora there's my bucket list right there mm-hmm. i want to be in in one of those little the little cabanas out over the water and i want to look down and see fish in my basement
1: that's, that's awesome yeah. you know there's a shark movie about that
2: yeah i do know actually
1: <laughs> I'm not, i guess
2: i'm not afraid of sharks I'm, I'm, uh, sharks don't bother me too much. I, I'm not going to go and you know antagonize and, and you know pet a shark, but mm-hmm. they, don't, they yeah. don't scare me too much. Now watch, yeah. that's how I'm going to get done. I'm going to eat gonna by a damn shark. That's it. And, I'm done.
1: Famous yeah. last words, Richard. You
2: know we're, what? We're, a ghost shark.
1: <laughs> Jesus,
0: what's <laughs> happening to me? You know, we're going to have our 2024 trip, and Tully and uh, Cecil said they are not going out in the water, and then they're going to watch Rich get eaten.
2: Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, now there's no chance of going in the water. Are you kidding? Oh
0: man. Stay so, stay away from the Florida side. You're usually pretty damn safe.
2: Nah, like I said, I, I I've lived either on the beach or near the beach for quite a long time. Um, right mm-hmm. now I'm maybe six miles from the beach. Mm-hmm. No, maybe maybe ten miles. Ten miles from the from the nearest ocean beach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I live. I grew up in the next town over. Um, and when i was there we would go to the beach all the time and then when i got to be i don't know 17 18 i actually moved to another smaller town and i had my own house and it was absolutely fantastic and i was a hundred steps from the sand on the beach so oh wow it was, it was fantastic oh yeah the third of july parties at that place <laughs> 13 irving street hummer Rock, mass fantastic <laughs> There. Do, well, a, do a do a map search on 13 Irving Street, Hummer Rock, Massachusetts, and you'll see how close we were to the water It's absolutely beautiful.
0: <laughs> Look, we don't get in the water down here. If you're in the water, it's because you're visiting and don't know any better. Exactly.
2: Uh, alligators?
0: <laughs> no, no, it's disgusting.
2: Oh, oh, you mean that the water the quality? The water
0: itself, yeah. well, we've got we've got the barrier islands. Yeah. So, until you get back out past the islands, one you can't see but yeah. you wouldn't want to see either, you know, because it's just the bacteria and stuff gets real high. And I'm like, you know, yeah. who goes in there? Well, you go by and it's full of people, you know, and you're like, yeah, Tourists. they're visiting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I grew I grew up going to Grand Isle, Louisiana, which mm-hmm. is one of my, it's probably my favorite place on earth. It is just wonderful. But we grew up going down there and going fishing, <laughs> but if you went to the beach, the beach was covered in tar balls from yeah. oil rigs and so, like you would find um what is it the junky needles kind of stuff. Yeah,
2: that's you get that up here too. So about the tar balls, that's kind of what I do for a living. Uh not all those tar balls are from oil rigs. There's a lot of natural seepage in the Gulf from wells, untapped wells, closed off wells type of thing so when you see a tar- one of the things we did there was a very large oil spill that was in uh, the gulf of mexico I, which i can't <laughs> name and so we did a lot of work for on that and one of the things we do is called hydrocarbon fingerprinting and we what we do is we get a sample of their well oil and we compare it to whatever tarball we have and we can tell if it came from there or not and a lot of the tar balls that we got, I'd say probably 40% were not from their Well, so there's quite quite a lot. You
1: might be interested in knowing this, but my cousin, that's one of the things (laughs) that he did is he would, he started a company and they would go back out and buy these oil rigs that had been shut down Mm -hmm. and reopen them and pump oil from them. He was very successful doing that down here.
2: Yeah. There's uh, how many oil rigs do you think are in the Gulf of Mexico?
1: probably hundreds
2: i think there's 1700 i'm gonna google that yeah right that's now.
1: it's there's a lot yeah. um yeah because that's where a lot of the uh deep sea fishing gets done the
0: uh, mm-hmm. charters and
1: stuff well um, that's one reason i don't like deep water is because when i was little <laughs> they would take <laughs> me out on the boats and we'd go out to the oil rigs and go fishing and we would catch yeah. sharks and stuff and now as i've gotten older and more paranoid i think what the hell <laughs> they were drinking, they were having a good old time, and there I am, like eight years old <laughs> 1862,
2: 8, <laughs> 1, wow. 1862 platforms. Yeah. But yeah. so, when you say to most people, when you say you're going out to, to be on an oil rig and go fishing, they're thinking of this massive, enormous, you know, thing that houses 500 people and and drills and gets, you know, a, a million barrels of oil a day. But a lot of those, when I say 1,862 or 92, whatever the hell it was in the Gulf, they're 10 feet across. They're these mm-hmm. little, little platforms yeah. that sit there at which you can go out. They're all these things that you sit on and go fishing. Exactly. They're not all these big enormous platforms that, uh, you know, with ridiculous amounts of technology on them. Sometimes it's just a metal floor.
1: Well, and like I said, a lot of them were stuff that was built in the fifties or Mm sixties or seventies and they were abandoned. They're not, weren't producing anymore.
2: They couldn't drill deep enough into the well or so. One of the things when I was in Norway, we were testing was produced water and what produced Mm -hmm. water is, in order to get the oil out of you know, the cavity that it's in, they have to pump water in there because the oil floats on the water and they can drill it out easier. They don't have to drill as deep because the oil will actually float on the water. So you got a big bubble of oil inside rock and you start, you drill into it, start drilling out. and What they do is they pump water into it so the oil floats so they don't have to drill down. But I don't know when that was discovered. So there might be a lot of untapped potential down there for a guy yeah. like, was it your cousin? You said, yeah, yeah, to do that kind of thing. Yeah. So well, he's
1: he's he's been very blessed. Um, he got a job with a Australian oil company when he was mm-hmm. pretty young, and he was very successful at, at striking oil for them. Yeah. So he did very well for himself, or he is—he's yeah, still doing very money. well for himself. Yeah. Um, but so a lot of my family's mm-hmm. in. Um, petroleum stuff.
2: Well, I'm not on the, on the oil side of it. I'm on the chemical testing side of it. But yeah, that's uh, a Interesting. lot of oil rigs out there.
1: Yeah, I've always wanted to fly on the helicopter out to the oil rigs over um, the the marshy areas of Louisiana. That's, that's on my bucket list. That's something I want to do.
2: So I never did that here. But i did do that when i was in norway i flew out to the gulfax platform actually and it was this big giant it, this was one of those enormous things and i worked in the lab for a little while out there it was only a couple of days but it was it was fun man they have everything that you can possibly think of Very cool. So, what else you got
1: i don't know we hadn't even talked about riding. yeah <laughs> 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 Yeah. You always get to go minutes. on everybody else's show and talk about writing. So well, this is all about you. Um. So you've well, got three kids. I do. Yeah. And two Richie, of them are Richie, Chloe, twins. and
2: Danielle. Two of them are twins. Chloe and Richie are twins.
1: And how old?
2: So Danielle is 27. And Richie and Chloe just turned 20. Okay.
1: That's what I thought. I, kn- I knew yeah. the twins were like. Yeah. 19, 2021 ish.
2: Yeah, they turned 20 on the 21st of June. So it's very recently.
1: First day of summer. Yeah. Yep. Midsummer yeah. babies.
2: Exactly. Cool. <clears throat>
1: That's cool. Yeah. Are they going to college?
2: Uh, not yet. Chloe went to college. Get out of me, bug. Chloe went to college. Um, she, they graduated in 2020. So she went in 2021 and it was like prison because that was the height of COVID. So she went to college to be a nurse. And what happened was she couldn't leave her room ever other than to go to get food at the um, cafeteria, which she then had to bring back to her room. So it was she said that there's, you know, I mean, they they did stuff. Of course they did. But if you got caught doing that stuff, gone, they bounced you. So they had to get tested every day. She said it sucked. So she's going to go back. At some point, but I don't think she's going to go back for nursing. So she, she said she didn't like it. So well, my son, uh he's not a college kid. He's he's going to work. I was going
0: to say that's that defeats the whole college, you know, experience. I, it, 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 you was know? Yeah. it was awful.
2: Yeah. It was it was literally it was the height of COVID. It was when yeah. COVID was the worst. Uh, so, well, the yeah. world
1: is reshaping, and there's so much you can do now without really yeah. going to get. I mean, you can get college online now. I mean, yeah, no, I know. If you want to. And they've got so many free classes and stuff. You know, a lot of people don't even need to go to college anymore.
2: Yeah. Well, that's on her, whatever she wants to do. I mean, I get to pay for it. So <laughs>
0: We support
1: you, whatever your decisions are. That's <laughs> yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's
0: the thing. Like I said, you know, I mean, some kids aren't cut out for it. You know, my son, no, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he wants no part of it. So that's fine. Like I said, Yeah, yeah that's my son. Mm-hmm. Same. Yep but you know he's a productive member of society so i can't that's bitch good. at him about it
2: that's so. good yeah my older daughter is a waitress and she uh-huh. makes ridiculous money she makes uh, fantastic money yes. she works at a place called legal seafoods uh-huh. and uh she does very well yeah so.
0: best money i ever made was waiting tables oh no. my
2: she makes so much money she kills it
0: yes i mean you know i would not want to do it today because i'm just too damn old
2: yeah, but... no, I hear you. <laughs>
0: so, I don't want to get
2: up out of my chair most of the day. That's old. right. It
0: that's hurts. exactly it.
1: Lots hurts after you get old. <laughs> so, so what's next writing?
2: Oh, so I have two series. Uh, one is they're set in the same world, but from different perspectives. Um, there's three books in each series. And then there's a fourth book that ties the two series together. And now Ooh. I'm writing the fourth book. Fifth book, fifth book in the theory series. And I'm going to let the run series kind of mingle into that. So that'll have one because writing two is a pain in the ass. So, and I can't be nearly as prolific as I used to be because I'm just too busy, especially now that we, you know, we have one income now. And it's just me, I have to do everything around here. So there's that. Uh, so I can't be as prolific as I used to be. But um, I've got that going. I've got uh, this one's for Logan. I've got a Sasquatch story going that. Should be interesting awesome. and i've recently started a um, when we did uh when we did our um world war Two movies mm-hmm. uh war movies uh one of the movies was fury and i was i was watching that movie and i'm like how cool would it be if we had a vampire stuck in that damn tank and he couldn't get out during the day so i I'm, i got that mulling around in my head right now nobody better steal that on me i'm patenting that uh, not patent what's it called with books copyright yeah so i got that mulling around i've got a bunch of anthos out there now i got that's all me right there i don't know if you can you see that yeah uh, that middle shelf is all me awesome so, yeah it's uh you got a bunch of stuff there and i'm missing a few as well but yeah yeah so that's that's what i've got going on right now i wish i could be more perfect but i just don't have the time
1: it's hard to balance it all
2: it is yeah Plus, work is
1: is, yeah, this it is wasn't like, as
2: busy as it was last week, but it's it's pretty pretty well, busy. Well, you've for been a while.
1: working like past this time every night for uh, a
2: while. Yeah, not necessarily at the same job, but yeah, I have another vocation that I do other things for. But uh, most of it has been for the chemical company. Yeah, it's, I shouldn't say chemical company; it's a research <laughs> company. So.
0: Chemical research.
2: Yeah, it's called Battelle, B-A-T-T-E-L-L-E.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's that's my company.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. See,
0: now, now I want to read Tanks and, and Vampires. Yeah. That sounds okay. really interesting. I'll have the
2: whole book written by tomorrow. Let me, uh, okay. let me start right now.
0: Right. If you need a reader, <laughs> let me know.
2: You're on the list. Yeah, oh, if I you want that. a beta read, you can always do that, too, for my other stuff. Yeah. have got about 10 or 12 of those. more the merrier.
0: Oh yeah. I I have to get through next month because this is my busy time of year.
2: Oh, I'll I'll never be done by next month. I'm writing 500 words a day. I I, I was for the longest time I was writing between three and 6,000 words a day. No, it's just fortunate enough that I could do that. And now I just, I just can't, I don't have the time.
0: Mm -hmm. I get it. It's crazy. You know, you, you think that, you know, it gets better. (laughs) You know, you can get some of that work life behind you, and then you know, do what you want to do. But it just doesn't seem to work out.
2: Well, I was. My mother asked me today. I was. I was with my parents for a little bit today, and she asked me. She's like, "Well, when are you going to retire?" And I was like, "I'm going to be. I'll be 54 on Sunday, so it's going to be. Oh, I don't know, 300 years before I can retire if I'm going to actually pay stuff off." And I. You had a birthday this
1: week, and we're only just hearing this.
2: Uh. Yes. Sorry. Uh, when, when my wife passed away, uh, we went down to one salary. So I had to refinance the house. So I, I I needed to cash out and pay off a bunch of bills, which I did now. I mean, now I'm, I'm wealthy. I'm sitting, sitting with some money, but it's, it's already spoken for. I'm just terrified to spend it because I don't know what's going to go with this, this economy that we have. So I'm holding on to some money when I should pay some other, other bills that I could pay right off. Uh, so, when we figure this economy away uh, f- figure this economy out then maybe I'll you know I'll buy my big shed for out back and I'll put in some grass and, and that type of thing this place needs a little work and i I'm, I'm, I do most of it myself but and that, which is what takes up like the room you're sitting in now um, you can't see what's right here but there was a flood that came in from right here and we weren't home and it was I don't know nine inches deep down here. For a while, because uh, I'm in the basement, I've done all that stuff behind me. I've done in the past year. I had to rip everything out and, and put it back in. So this is all new. What you see, all the Legos new too. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> I could build Legos like it was my damn job. Yeah. I just I wish I was smart enough to design them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. You've got something that uh, you can consider.
2: Therapeutic, yeah, exactly.
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: Everybody. yeah, until so I drop
2: a piece Zen on the floor. And the and oh. What's that?
1: Zen and the Art of Lego,
2: yeah, Ooh, <laughs> that's a great idea. Ooh, daddy is writing that down. Zen and the Art of Lego, new book title.
1: Huh? See, just remember me when you're rich and famous.
2: i already rich, it's no big deal.
1: That's right, you are. <laughs>
2: All right, and don't forget like the that.
1: retirement plans in in Wyoming with our juke joint or Mississippi juke joint.
2: Oh yeah, man, that would be nice. Uh, I wish that could be more than a pipe dream. Uh, I, know, I would right? very much love to go out there. Yeah. Um,
1: Start week birthday!
2: Yeah.
0: True say, story. I've got I've got a niece in Wyoming.
1: She does. Let's do it.
0: Yep. I have a friend. His, I just uh, want to make
1: sure there's not any people. No more people have moved there. That it's still yeah. less than six hundred thousand.
2: I have a friend. His name is James Jackson. Uh, he's actually uh, another zombie writer. His uh, his series Shout out is to called, James Jackson. Yeah, honestly, he writes some great stuff. I've got. I think his stuff is upstairs. I don't. I don't think I have it here. But I have. I have all of his books. And his series is called Up from the Depths. And James is. He and I share similar interests in a lot of ways. And he is constantly sending me stuff about oh this missile silo is I'm like damn it, I don't want to buy that missile silo. But uh, <laughs> you know, we gotta come up with you know you know half a million dollars for that stupid silo. Which well, I, I was, finding, buy I right was finding um two hundred
1: and fifty thousand dollar towns we could buy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Castles <Okay>. in Turkey. <laughs> yeah.
1: Actually,
0: there is a an old monastery in Italy that's only two billion. Yeah. Oh. No well problem. these towns that. but anyway two hundred
1: and fifty thousand dollars.
0: Here's the beautiful thing. The bottom basement sits on a huge sheet of quartz crystal.
1: Ooh, it's got all the
0: woo there. That's right. So that's like my dream home. But since we can't have that, there are these rich people that have this underground silo somewhere out in Wyoming that they've got guards on. We could totally just take over the guards. No, no, no.
1: I found a a living today of abandoned um, underground bunkers that were for sale. So they've been abandoned. No one's there. We just need to go in and fix them up. This is what I do with my spare time, people.
2: So about that.
1: <laughs> this is what up, I'm supposed to be writing.
2: Fixing up one of those bunkers, you, you just can't imagine the associated cost with that. Because because everything is 10 times more. Everything. All parts of it. The electrical, the plumbing, the waste. All of it is just so much money. And they sell the bunker for you know four or $500,000. But then it takes another $8 million to get what you need. And it's that's just for basic amenities. It's just incredibly expensive so i don't want to break anybody's bubble especially mine but i really won't move <laughs>
1: silos i found that place there was a there was a little town in tennessee that looked perfect for a little writer's getaway
2: oh tennessee is their lover of bullets they love the oh guns god. i can live there
0: oh my god
2: is that yeah. your dog or my dog
0: those your are mine dog. mine's just sitting here wallowing on me <laughs> Well, mine are upset with me because
1: of a puppy being in the house, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, well Rich, thank you for spending an hour with us. Oh, and my pleasure. You know, we need to do more of these so we can get people can get to know you.
2: Yeah, I'd be down for that. We could also do a read if you want to do a read. read yeah, that
1: of. would be fine. Let's do it. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> Doesn't even
2: have to be my stuff. I could read your stuff.
1: No, no right. you don't want to
2: be oh see who I have behind me. I got uh, W.J. Lundy, Alan Gamboa, J.L. Bourne, uh, Rich Baker, Shane Woods, Ricky Fleet, uh, David Muga, Pixie Britton, Jamie Hernandez, David Simpson, Christopher Artinian, Mark Tufo, uh, Z.A. Rekt, uh, Brian Parker. Damn, I got some good stuff back here. Jonathan Mayberry. <laughs> Uh, Bowie Barra, Max Brooks. I'm doing all right. The Art of so, War.
1: So we're the going to start story rings. time with with Uncle Rich. Oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Start story, yeah. <laughs> story time with Snake Bite. <laughs> That's right. There
0: you go. That's it. You will forever and always be Snakebite in my heart.
1: Yep. I <laughs> can do that. We're working on the logo. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, yeah I,
2: I would likely need to get permission from some of these people to, to read their books, but honestly, who would say no? Really? Exactly. Yeah.
1: All right. it's free well, publicity. That's going to do it. Guys, we're going to sign off for a little bit. I don't know if Morgana's going to want to come back and do my interview tonight <laughs> or not. We will Times talk about that day. when we go dead. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Rick, for playing with us. We always oh, enjoy your time. But definitely do this again soon and thursday night shark week see yeah, you there
2: oh I, yeah i i'll have no excuses well you know you never know what's going to happen but i will not be working thursday night so
1: all right so i'll we'll see that's you great. we'll see you then yeah and that's gonna do it dudes stay weird
2: bye folks Bye.